I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Friday, February 2nd, 2024, the 1,109th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't, or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms. And of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So I mentioned in Monday's episode, Swift Dismissal, that I had concerns about engaging with the Taylor Swift subject at all. But if you understand that our election is ultimately set out to be a battle over narratives, and the election will ultimately be determined on the basis of whether or not anyone in the country could ever possibly 
even consider believing that Joe Biden somehow got 90 million or 100 million or however many million votes Joe Biden is reported to have gotten or whoever else is in his place. If they tell us something other than Trump won, will the country believe all the justifications for the preposterous results that have been set out in front of them, as many people did after the 2020 election. They just didn't think it was possible that an election in America could be stolen. They were all just kind of mentally and emotionally drained after the very deadly pandemic and the summer of love after George Floyd died from fentanyl while being restrained by a policeman's knee. In a video, everyone was shown thousands of times until they understood that it just had to be true in the exact way the television told them it was. They were all drained. They said, gosh, this four years, it's been mentally and emotionally draining. These four years of Donald Trump. And I know it's not all Trump's fault, but gosh, he seems to be the one thing that changed that made everything feel like it was so mentally and emotionally draining. And I just, I can't go on. If they say Biden won, then I've had it. Let them have it. Biden won. We'll move on from this period. We'll just go back to normal and everything's going to be okay. Donald Trump, I mean, he's the guy that ruined the very deadly pandemic response, right? And he's the guy that's made the country this way so that we could have this summer of love where these crazy communists go burn everything down. I mean, it's not Donald Trump's fault, but it seems like if Trump wasn't there, these kinds of things wouldn't be happening. People told themselves that. And so then it made sense for them to accept all the rationalizations. Well, he brought these court cases and he didn't win them. Bill Barr once said he hadn't yet seen evidence that would have changed the outcome of the election. Therefore, they're all safe and secure like Chris Krebs from CISA says he said the safest and most secure election of all time. And the TV said Joe Biden won. So you have no evidence. You have no evidence. You have no evidence. You have no evidence. And people just gave up. Will they give up again? Could they possibly give up again? Could they reason to themselves that there is any way Joe Biden could have possibly won a legitimate election? Now, I don't think there's any chance people would ever believe that already. I think it's already baked into the cake, but you might not agree. You might think we have nine months to get people to understand that. And I would say, hey, maybe you're right. Maybe that is exactly right. But in nine months, if you actually want to quote unquote win in a lasting or meaningful way, then the people by and large, an overwhelming majority of people We'll have to, at that point, understand that there is no way Joe Biden could ever have possibly won a legitimate election. And therefore, if they say that he did, that he got 85 million votes or 90 million votes or 100 million votes, then they are clearly lying and clearly trying to steal the election. If you want to make sure that we don't have to do another four years with a fake president, then we need to win the narrative battle about the election and make it clear to everyone around us and at large that there's no way Joe Biden could ever possibly win because the other side doesn't need to actually win. They don't even need to convince people that Joe Biden definitely won. 
All they need to do is convince people that Joe Biden might have won because that will make them passive like they were in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and 2023. Because no one wants to get called a conspiracy theorist. No one wants to get told they're threatening the very foundations of our democracy. So they go right along with it. They attest to the fairness, if not the complete accuracy of the results. And they demand ongoing participation in the system. It doesn't matter, apparently, how many times that doesn't work. You just got to keep going. And they will keep going so long as they can pitch a minimally acceptable rationalization for how a man who can't think in complete sentences could beat out his old record for the most votes ever received. Taylor Swift is a visual example, a justification for how something like that could possibly happen. One of the justifications will be that the culture still supports Joe Biden. The young people, they don't want to go back to Trump's America. We've had this same op run on us over and over and over again throughout the years. But hey, I guess people like it. I guess people want to think that celebrities can move millions of votes. But also at the same time, there is no coordination in any of this. Their relationship is real and Taylor Swift just makes her own political decisions. And she has decided that Joe Biden is what America needs. And oh yeah, she's also your daughter's role model. We did that too. That's part of getting your daughter to eventually vote for Joe Biden. And yes, they've been doing it for decades, but why would we even pay attention to that? So the Taylor Swift as a psyop phenomenon, of course, needs a pushback from the other side. They can't all understand that Taylor Swift is a psyop and then just make fun of her. She's like an icon. She is an idol for young women, people on the left, young girls, fathers who want to connect to their daughters and think they're able to do that through Taylor Swift. All of these people are deeply invested in Taylor Swift being good or maybe not good, but at least not bad. And I mean, fine, if she's bad, I mean, at least she's the real thing. Oh, she's not real either. And I get it. I get it. But it doesn't change the fact that it's fake. And it doesn't change the fact that the point of the op is to give people the impression that celebrity influence could be the deciding factor that explains Joe Biden's massive vote total. So there was an article on Wired.com by a Canadian named Justin Ling. The headline is Taylor Swift conspiracy theorists get psyops all wrong. And of course, Ling is mad that right-wing extremists are attacking Taylor Swift and saying that's not her real boyfriend. And he's particularly upset at Jack Posobiec, who was in Naval Intelligence and Justin Ling. This article is about how, according to the experts Justin Ling has talked to, psyops don't work in the first place. Therefore, this isn't a psyop and... Justin Ling is now an authority on PSYOPs, whereas Jack Posobiec 
who was in naval intelligence isn't. Now, if you're thinking, oh, I don't trust Jack Posobiec, the answer is, who cares? That's not the point. And it's totally beside the point. Telling everyone all the time about how someone triggers you, it's just not really adding much. I want to hit a couple sections of this quickly and then some of it more at length. He lays out his thesis here. The allegation that Swift is a psyop is ludicrous, and it shows a complete lack of understanding of what psychological operations actually are and how they work. If there is a psyop going on, it's being run by those crying wolf. Okay, so he needs to talk to experts because Jack Posobiec doesn't know what a psyop is, but also if there is a psyop happening, Jack Posobiec, the one who doesn't know what psyops are, is the one running the psyop. You get it? One of my favorite things about still often delving into uh, standard issue, uniparty left, wannabe elitist literature like this is that some of these guys basically get all the same puzzle pieces that we do. And they put them all together and they're like, may I present this fully completed puzzle that depicts a beautiful Jackson Pollock? And you're like, no, man, um, you just put it together wrong. It's actually just supposed to be a normal picture of a frog. And they're like, no, it's not. That's a conspiracy theory. If there's one thing I know, this puzzle does not end with a picture of a frog. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I promise it does. Look, I have all the pieces. They all fit together. Here, check the back. You can see that there is absolutely nothing wrong with this puzzle. This, I mean, the puzzle just it makes a picture of a frog. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. And then you look at their puzzle and it's just all like pieces of cardboard bent back and forth, like scotch tape on the back, just holding the whole thing together. Like, hey, Kami, that's not a Jackson Pollock. You're just retarded. We've gone through this. So in any of these articles, the standard issue uniparty left villager will always attempt to establish their terms. They are going to lay down what everything is in a definition that will ultimately lead them more easily to their conclusion, which is, of course, always wrong. And they will have to build in certain little inversions brick by brick to make sure that that end product is a nice Jackson Pollock. Because the truth is, they've been told that every puzzle ends with a Jackson Pollock. So Ling is giving a description of what psyops are. And he says, public perception of psychological operations soured in a big way in the mid-1970s when the details of the CIA's MK Ultra program were first released, detailing a plot more based in science fiction than science to brainwash subjects using psychoactive drugs. Wait a second, I'm confused. Did they do that or not? Oh yeah, they, they did do it. Why is it based more in science fiction than in science? And what do you mean it's not based in science? The scientific literature does not have to agree that psychedelic drugs do or don't do any particular thing for this event to have occurred. Thinking that humans can turn into unicorns if you attach a horn to their skull isn't science. 
but it doesn't mean that no one could ever try it. Also, the fact that the public doesn't have good feelings about psychological operations is not proof that they're not being used. The entire point is that the public doesn't know when a PSYOP is being used against them. Now the public is beginning to discover when they are, and you, Justin Ling, are trying to make sure the public goes right back to sleep. The thrust of the argument in this piece is that people don't like PSYOPs and they don't work. Therefore, a very particular group of people is not using them in this case. And the leap from all those premises to the conclusion is totally a leap of faith, but he's going to present it as a situation where you clearly can't decide whether it's his way or a different way. And therefore, because he says science and conspiracy theory, he wins. He says further revelations that the U.S. had supplied Nicaraguan death squads with psychological warfare guides would not help that public relations problem. So the U.S. supplied Nicaraguan death squads with psychological warfare guides, and they did that because people don't really like psyops and they're not effective in the first place. Therefore, they're not used. Maybe these guides that they supplied these Nicaraguan death squads with were just hand-me-downs from the U.S. military after they realized, oh, hey, these don't work. Let's give them to the Nicaraguan death squads. Also, one might wonder why our military's engagement with Nicaraguan death squads was about giving away hand-me-down psychological warfare books and not eliminating Nicaraguan death squads. And you might say, well, that's because we're not at war with them. And I'd agree. It is not our military's business to go around the world eliminating whomever the media tells us constitutes a death squad. But the problem here is, is that our military is working with them and giving them books. Ling argues that the psyops that have been tried have not been successful. He writes, the Department of Defense has an influence capability, quoting a man who is amazingly named Christopher Paul, the USMC chair for information at the Naval Postgraduate School and a senior social scientist at Rand Corporation. So the DOD has influence capability, but by statute, law, habit, authorization, and permission, it is only ever pointed at selected foreign audiences. So you see that? They're not allowed to turn these operations on American citizens. Therefore, that doesn't happen. Now, the fact that it does happen and that it has provably happened, as we have not only experienced, but also learned through the government's own documents released through FOIA requests over the years. We know about the influence operations within the social media company. We know about the censorship industrial complex, as it's referred to in the DHS, the NGOs, the university partnerships, as with Stanford. We know about the major narratives that they have censored and propagandized, like COVID, like the summer of love, like the elections, like the very violent insurrection, like the Ukraine war, and the list goes on. We are being told they cannot be used against American citizens. Therefore, they are not used against American citizens, even though we know 
They are. And then, of course, you have the whole Obama Smith Modernization Act, where they made it legal to be able to directly propagandize Americans. It is absolutely insane to pretend they're not doing that. But of course, his claim is very specific. It's not a Pentagon op to use Taylor Swift, you see. And it's worth keeping that in mind because they will always make a very specific claim that leaves a bunch of holes all over the place where the truth can exist, but where it can also hide. He also cites a man named Jared Tracy, who he says is the deputy command historian at the U.S. Army Special Operations History Office. And Ling describes him as an expert in psychological operations. He writes, Tracy and Paul agree that psychological operations work when they are targeted, clear, and ideally honest. Paul points to the Russian effort to sway the 2016 presidential election. Did it change electoral outcomes? No, not as far as we can tell. Did it cause or prevent conflicts? No, not as far as we can tell, Paul says. It was equally ineffective when the Pentagon tried it. In 2022, social media companies identified a far-reaching campaign run by the Pentagon to use dummy social media accounts to spread propaganda targeted at Tehran, Beijing, and Moscow. Isn't that interesting that the fake administration, the evil twin faction in the United States, had a specific effort to propagandize people in Tehran, Beijing, and Moscow? How odd. The effort prompted a backlash and led to a full-scale review of these operations. That, seemingly, hasn't prevented the Pentagon from exploring the possible use of deep fakes. And then he links to an article all about that. But again, let's take a pause here on Tehran, Beijing, and Moscow. We are told that the biggest threat in the world is disinformation, and we should not be the victims of Chinese disinformation or Russian disinformation. But also our military should absolutely be trying to seed disinformation into other cultures. But here's the problem. China and Moscow and Tehran, they're willing to just cut off the access and make it much more difficult to run one of those psychological operations aimed at foreign countries. Now, before they weren't able to really get away with that, now they're able to do it. It's like the technology has changed or something, or maybe the propaganda simply doesn't work because you've got to figure out which brand of propaganda is being sent over there. And of course, it is the global regime's brand of propaganda. It's not MAGA propaganda being sent over there. So if that propaganda doesn't work in those countries, if regime propaganda has stopped working in Iran and Beijing and Moscow, isn't it strange that it still works here? I mean, Americans by and large still believe all that nonsense, or at least a lot of it. And I'm not trying to blackpill. It's certainly getting better. People are absolutely waking up. I'm as optimistic as I've ever been. But let's be honest. Our propaganda is not working in foreign countries because they can cut off the access and no one's buying it. But we're all still buying it here because the thing is, we've made it part of our identities as Americans. We think this is the real thing and we can't let that go. So we're kind of being left behind other parts of the world. Now, again, we are told that those psychological operations failed and therefore it couldn't be used on us. 
Now, hopefully you will quickly realize that that does not make sense. What arguments have been made so far? One, we don't know what psyops are. Two, if there's any psyop happening, it's the other guys. It's not us. Three, psyops can't be used. Four, people don't like having psyops run on them. Therefore, psyops aren't run on them because everybody respects those people's wishes, even the people who would otherwise be running psyops on them. And five, psyops don't work anyway. Therefore, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, and Joe Biden with Pfizer in tow is not a psyop. But now let's get to the fun stuff. The pop op. The U.S. government has certainly tried to use popular music for its own ends, and it wasn't always forthright about its efforts, as Leinbarger noted. The conviction of the propagandist that he is not a propagandist can be a real asset. That is a quote from a 1948 book by a man named Paul Leinbarger, who was the authority on psychological warfare. Now, again, I love when a standard issue uniparty left villager writes an article like this because they'll put in a quote like that and never even consider that they might be the sort of person that quote is describing. Keep that in your mind while you listen once again. The conviction of the propagandist that he is not a propagandist can be a real asset. And here we have Justin Ling, a Canadian writing an article for a woke tech blog claiming that the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, NFL, Joe Biden, Pfizer co-branding extravaganza definitely is not a psyop. In fact, it's ludicrous. Justin Ling is very confident that he is not the propagandist. In the early Cold War, the Congress on Cultural Freedom, a CIA front group, bankrolled American musicians' tours, including jazz legends Dizzy Gillespie and Louis Armstrong, in hopes of countering communist influence and promoting American values. Oh yeah, that's what the CIA's always been doing, countering communist influence and promoting American values. CIA! A real American hero. We always fight communist influence. CIA. Here we are promoting American values. CIA. I hope someone clips that and makes it a cartoon. Those who already have established credibility can be a real asset in psychological operations, Tracy says, if your purpose is aligned. So now... He is saying it is totally possible that someone like Taylor Swift could be used for a PSYOP, but then you got to remember all those other things. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. If anyone's running a PSYOP, it's you guys. PSYOPs don't work, so we don't use them. They're not allowed, so we don't use them. And people don't like them, so we don't use them. But Gillespie and Armstrong made clear that the CIA couldn't even control its own people. Frustrated with Jim Crow laws back in the U.S., Gillespie refused to attend briefings with U.S. officials. Armstrong quit one of his tours in disgust. The way they are treating my people in the South, the government can go to hell, Armstrong said in 1957. So you see, because that's how it was back then, that's how it is now. The CIA is not good at controlling musicians and celebrities, actors, etc., 
except for the fact that they are very good at that. Now they have entire teams that control these people. They have agents, they have managers, they have publicists. And if they don't have those and those don't work on them, well, then you know what they do? They just leverage the wives. But Justin Ling doesn't want to tell you that because Justin Ling, the guy that totally understands psyops, either doesn't know that or he's concerned that something like that might immediately refute all the stuff he's writing and he can't have that happening. In 2020, journalist Patrick Radden Keefe investigated the possibility that the CIA had a hand in writing Winds of Change an enormously popular song by a West German band called the Scorpions that became an anthem for independence movements in the USSR. The Scorpions deny the theory, and that's true. You can go over to the Wikipedia entry for Winds of Change, the Scorpions song, and it is true that members of Scorpions say the CIA definitely didn't write their song. In fact, they had nothing to do with it at all. In fact, Klaus Meine, the singer of the Scorpions, said in May 2020, it's a fascinating idea, it's an entertaining idea, but it's not true at all. So there we have it. Justin Ling is convinced-ish, but hey, wait a second. There's also this other part of this Wikipedia entry about the Scorpion song, Wind of Change, and it says, as of 2022... The Scorpions still perform the song live, but with lyrical changes in light of the 2022 Russian invasion of Ukraine. The opening lines are changed to, now listen to my heart. It says Ukraine waiting for the wind to change. Mina stated, it's not the time with this terrible war in Ukraine raging on. It's not the time to romanticize Russia. So you see, they could never be part of a CIA op, especially not that one song that they rewrote to propagandize people about the war in Ukraine. And wait, what's this? In February 2023, the official music video hit 1 billion views on YouTube. Oh, so it was a success. I was told that these sorts of things could never be a success. But oh yeah, this one's not a psyop. Also, during the COVID-19 pandemic, they collaborated with Japanese rock star Yoshiki to perform Wind of Change for the documentary film Yoshiki Under the Sky. This was the first time the band came together to perform the Ukraine version of the song. The performance was later released as a music video on YouTube. But back to Wired. So there is ample history of the U.S. government leveraging, or at least trying to leverage, celebrities and cultural icons to amplify its message. But Tracy laughs off the idea that there is a shadowy psychological operations unit inside the Pentagon managing musicians from obscurity to stardom for nefarious ends and rigging the NFL playoffs while they're at it. So if you are a sports fan, if you're a football fan, for instance, you might know what a parlay bet is. Now, if you're just going to bet, one thing at a time. Say that the 49ers, I don't know what the Super Bowl spread is, but let's say the 49ers are six-point underdogs and you think they're going to lose by three. You will take the 49ers and the points. And if they lose by less than six or they win, then you're a big winner. Now, 
There are other aspects of the game that you could bet on. You could bet the over-under. You could bet on little props, who's going to score the first touchdown, etc. You could find six or seven or eight different things you want to bet on. And if you put a little bit of money on that bet and you win one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, all of those things, eight out of eight, then the money you risk would be multiplied time and time again in victory. You would win an enormous amount of money. For an eight-team parlay, Vegas pays out at 150 to one. So if you lay down a hundred bucks and you hit eight for eight, then you win $15,000. Now that's a wonderful take for a hundred bucks, but winning eight out of eight is really, really difficult, which is why you get those odds. Now think about this sentence with that in mind. Think about how many hits you would have to get to pass the standard that Justin Ling has laid down for what would actually constitute a Taylor Swift psyop. Let's think about this again. Tracy laughs off the idea that there is a one shadowy psychological operations unit two inside the Pentagon three managing musicians four from obscurity to stardom five for nefarious ends and six and rigging the playoffs while they're at it. The word shadowy is totally subjective. So that is just an opinion word that he uses to make it seem more unlikely. There could never be a nefarious psychological operations unit. If we had one at all, it would surely be the nicest, most helpful psychological operations unit ever. And if we had a shadowy one, it wouldn't be inside the Pentagon. And if we had a shadowy psychological operations unit inside the Pentagon, there's no way it would be managing musicians. And if we had one inside the Pentagon that was managing musicians, there is no way that they would be doing it from obscurity to stardom. And if there was a shadowy psychological operations unit inside the Pentagon that was managing musicians from obscurity to stardom, there is no way that they would be doing it for nefarious ends. And, and I'll tell you, if there was a shadowy psychological operations unit inside the Pentagon that was managing musicians from obscurity to stardom for nefarious ends, there is no way they would be rigging the NFL playoffs while they're at it. Well, okay, Justin, but uh, let's just say for example... Like if the shadowy psychological operations unit was somewhere other than the Pentagon and then they were doing all that other stuff or maybe even other stuff slightly different from that, that would still nonetheless constitute a Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, NFL, Joe Biden, Pfizer, PSYOP. Would that be possible, Justin? Because, you know, I understand this, what you're saying, but you've really only ruled out one very, 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 very specific thing. And I feel like there's got to be more to it than that. But hey, I know you're the PSYOP expert. And if there's a PSYOP at all, we're the ones running it. But let's get back to the article and a quote from one of the experts. This is the expert military historian, Jared Tracy. He says of this truly fantastical claim, that's not a thing. Organizationally, practically, logistically, the theory falls apart at every turn. Someone in the Democratic Party may well approach Swift for an endorsement and they don't need the Pentagon's help. So you see, it could be from someone else, but it wouldn't be these people. And if it's not these people, then it's not a PSYOP and they're just 
approaching her naturally because they like her and she likes them. And that's all it is. It is just a normal consensual relationship that was not set up in any way. And wait a second. Am I talking about the Joe Biden relationship with Taylor Swift or the Travis Kelsey relationship with Taylor Swift? Or wait, wait, wait. Am I talking about the NFL relationship with Taylor Swift or the, uh, the Pfizer relationship with Taylor Swift via Travis Kelsey? Gosh, it's so hard for me to be sure which one of those relationships was not set up as part of this op, which one of those just happened totally naturally. And I guess the answer is they all did. I mean, we got to trust the experts on this one. So Justin Ling believes that he has successfully proven that that very specific claim is not true when he has actually done no such thing. There has been no point in this article anywhere where he has provided any substantial reason for believing that this is not a PSYOP. All he has done is tell us people don't like PSYOPs, PSYOPs are not effective, PSYOPs are not allowed, therefore they are not used. This is not a PSYOP. You don't know what PSYOPs are. If anyone's doing one, it's you. And so after confidently believing that he's done something he hasn't done, well, now he's got to prove that other part. He's got to prove that it's you doing it. So this final section is one good PSYOP deserves another. The real PSYOP may have been staring us in the face all along. For years, Trump supporters have levied the accusation of PSYOP at anything that contradicts their worldview. Q, the pseudonymous leader of QAnon, not a thing, cryptically asked their followers in 2017, what is brainwashing? What is a PSYOP? Former White House advisor Steve Bannon has told listeners of his War Room podcast that by listening, quote, you will never succumb to psychological warfare, end quote. Kurt Olson, a lawyer who helped Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election, has said that efforts to deny that the 2020 election was stolen are all a psyop. And he is 100% right. Nothing could be more obvious than that is a psychological operation. They went out and called it the big lie. That's a Goebbels thing. Mike Benz, a former Trump official who has a history of posting racist conspiracy theories under a pseudonym helped popularize the Swift theory. He alleges psyops are everywhere from the COVID-19 vaccine effort to anti-disinformation programs to climate change education campaigns. He has become a go-to voice for some Republican politicians, including Representative Jim Jordan. Mike Benz is literally a hands-on expert in exactly this at the State Department. He has shown reams of government documents and videos and other evidence showing how these psychological operations, these influence operations, these censorship and propaganda operations are created, organized, and then waged against the American public, turning the tools that were used in the Arab Spring and other events in the Middle East to quote unquote influence terrorists now turned back against the American people. He is literally an authority on the subject. Now, it's possible that Mike Benz could be running his own op and that all of that information is disinformation. But then there still remains that inconvenient fact that we were actually censored for talking about these very subjects by the very people 
who are shown in Mike Benz's work as censoring us. FOIA documents came out three years ago now from the California Secretary of State's office showing me in a post on Instagram where I explained that my voter registration had been changed without my consent as the subject of a takedown request from the California Secretary of State and Democrat-linked PR organizations, including one from the Biden campaign. So if none of that ever happened, how come there is so much proof it did happen? And how come I can say it happened to me, myself, with proof? I mean, the problem here is not a difference of opinion between me and the writer, Justin Ling, at Wired.com. The problem is that he's not living in reality. This is utterly brain dead. This article would have made George Orwell shiver. But back to it. Let's close it out. In that respect, Benz has stumbled onto one of the most effective PSYOP tactics. Discredit everything. Leinbarger, in his book, offers a prime example of this strategy. Quote, the dropping of a few hundred tons of well-counterfeited currency would tend to foul up any fiscal system. This kind of black propaganda doesn't seek to convince anyone of anything, but merely hopes to foment distrust of everything. Now, again, they're pretending that is our goal, but we don't have to foment distrust Distrust is a natural reaction once you can see through this veil of the false reality. Because once you can see through it, you just realize, oh, this is all propaganda. And it's all generated in the same manner, using the same tactics, pursuing the same goals for the same reasons, in coordination with other things that can be proven along all the same lines. This is another standard issue villager having a meltdown about the potential of a post-truth society. But we are already post-truth and we always have been. One of the illusions, one of the lies, was that there were authoritative sources operating in a beneficent manner to teach us everything about the entire world. When was the news telling the truth in your life? Was it before Trump came down the escalator, Donald Trump ruined it all? Or was it happening in Obama? Was it happening under George W. Bush? Did it happen at 9-11? Did it happen with the hanging chads? When was our media telling us the truth? Was it the Iraq war? Was it the Cold War? Was it Vietnam? Well, they must have been telling us the truth about World War II, right? And at some point, if you want to say, yeah, I think the news actually was you know, playing it straight down the middle. They were being pretty honest with everybody back then. Well, okay. I'm not even going to fight you on it because if you have to go back 80 years to find that point, then we've been in a post-truth society for a long time. But the truth is that doesn't even matter. All that matters is that you have been existing in it for a while. It is not a scary thing up ahead. It is a natural circumstance. I mean, think back before the internet before the telephone, before the television, before the radio? Did someone where you are, the point where you are on the map of the world, your physical location right now, before the internet, the television, the radio, the telephone, all of it, did you know what was happening at some town in South Africa? Would you have cared at all? Do you care now? They can put a news article in front of you and based on the way they write that news article, they could be writing it about a totally fictional place, by the way. But they could hand someone 
an article like that, totally made up about a totally fictional place. And by the end of reading that article, they will believe that military force must be used in a place they've never heard of for an event they know nothing about because of the way an article made them feel. Now, if that doesn't describe you, wonderful. Congratulations. Maybe that's the hardest hurdle to get over is to be able to detach completely in an emotional sense when being told these stories about far off lands and being shown pictures or video that might convince you to believe that those stories are definitely true. You're definitely being told the truth all the way through. So this emotional reaction you're having is totally justified because you've been told the truth. This is a real thing you're getting upset about. It's not a fictional thing. It's a real thing. Therefore, all your emotions are justified. If you can just step back from the emotional response to what you have consumed, whatever content form it comes in, that's half the battle. And I'm not going to sing the GI Joe song again, but after you've detached emotionally, well, then it's a lot easier to be rational about what you're reading and say to yourself, does that make sense? Does that sound like something that could happen in the real world based on everything else I know about the real world? Do good people act that way? Or am I dealing with bad people? And if I'm dealing with bad people, can I trust them to tell me the truth? These are questions that you can begin trying to flesh out when consuming any of this content and you can see the cracks form and then eventually it all kind of just breaks down. And when it does, the thing to realize is there is actual reality around me, my friends, my family, my loved ones, my coworkers, these things that I have to do, a connection with my my inner self, the person I am, my spirituality, how and what I believe. These are all things we're deeply connected to and we can improve those things and we can be continually fulfilled by trying to improve those things. And our world might shrink in certain ways, but it'll certainly make a lot more sense. And eventually the entire brainwashing kind of melts away. It's not that nothing is true. It's just that we understand that all of these authoritative sources who are purportedly telling us the truth are just telling us a version of a story. If you are already telling the truth in your own life and you are already engaging with the truth and trying to pursue the ultimate truth, then the breakdown of authoritative sources is not scary. You just simply realize these sources weren't authoritative in the first place. Hey, Justin Ling, fomenting distrust is not necessary because the mainstream media and all of these authoritative sources are consistently wrong in the same direction on purpose for the same reasons. They have supplied all we need to stop trusting them. It has nothing to do with people like Mike Benz or people like me or Steve Bannon or whoever else. If you want to be trusted, you can't spend years pretending that Russia got Donald Trump elected and then tell us that masks that cost 10 cents and come in a box that says this mask does not protect from viruses actually protects us from the very, very deadliest pandemic that ever existed. It's articles like the one you wrote, Justin, that foment distrust because as you noted, the conviction of a propagandist that he is not a propagandist can be a real asset. You put that 
in your own article, Justin. So propaganda that doesn't strive to convince anyone of anything, just to foment distrust in everything. Paul says Moscow is particularly good at this kind of work. Russian propaganda can be characterized as a war on information, this kind of nihilistic campaign to make everyone skeptical of everything. While influencers like Posobiec have a habit of sharing Russian disinformation, there's no reason to think that they're being directly managed by the Kremlin. More likely, they've simply picked up on the same tactics. So he is suggesting, first of all, that Jack Posobiec doesn't know anything about PSYOPs. You don't have to feel any which way about Jack Posobiec to know that he was in naval intelligence and speaks multiple languages. The guy knows about PSYOPs. I mean, I think that it's pretty obvious that Jack Posobiec is himself an information operator. Now, I can't say whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know who he works for, but he's very clearly running an info op. Justin Ling is suggesting that Posobiec might work for the Kremlin. He can't say it. He doesn't have any proof. He just knows that this sort of thing happens, so he can't rule it out. But he's also saying it's a ludicrous idea that Taylor Swift is a psyop. That is ludicrous. But Posobiec is probably owned by the Kremlin. So while Swift may be an excellent psyop if America ever goes to war with Gen Z, again, just making up some ridiculous straw man and pretending he's totally taken it down, it is more likely that the real psychological operation was the distrust we fomented along the way. Again, man, you have her boyfriend doing Pfizer commercials while everyone's learning that they injected themselves with a toxic experimental substance that can't protect them from a disease that can't kill them because the television told them all the smart people were doing it and they would get in trouble if they didn't. And they did it because of a disease they can't prove exists, but they also know everyone has lied about so far. And Taylor Swift's boyfriend is advertising not only for the vaccine, but for the company that made it. But hey, maybe Taylor Swift is just a controlled white hat op meant to shake everyone out of their stupor. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked on Justin Ling. I will be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range.
It's high noon! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hot!